Hello, hearsay number 15 this week. My guest today is my good friend Luke Henry. Luke plays in Violent Soho and he's also a very talented photographer. We talk about both on this podcast and of course about his life and where it all started. He also tells me some hilarious stories about tour and stuff. Uh, one of which was illustrated by the amazing Tim Ricks. Tim is a Brisbane tattoo artist and he does some incredible work. You can check out more of his drawings and stuff at Tim underscore Ricks, which is R-I-X. Please send me your comments, subscribe to the podcast, rate it on iTunes. I really love hearing from you. Hearsay number 15, Luke Henry. Thank you so much for being on my little podcast. Thank you for having me. I feel like everyone always talks to Luke Boredom or James Tidsall. Can't really blame them really, can you? Well, they're pretty rad. They are. But I feel like you and Mikey never get a look in. Well, you know, we we got to do a little speech at the uh, QMAs the other night. Did you? That was pretty fun. You You won one of the big awards, didn't you? Oh, uh, yeah, we won uh, album album of the year. So good. That was sick. But yeah, Mikey and I, Luke and James were not present. James yeah. James had been partying with June Rats for like four <laughs> days straight. Like oh, literally no. hadn't slept. <laughs> <laughs> and then and he's like messaged us on the day of the awards and he's like, Come I'm not up. coming, guys. It's probably <laughs> safer that I'm not in the public eye. <laughs> and were you guys like, shit, we're going to have to talk in front of people? Yeah, then Luke messages through and he's like, yeah, I'm not coming either. And we're like, oh, my God. God, it's just you and me, Mikey. <laughs> I've never done this before. <laughs> but was it like a decision that you guys sort of made that those two would, would do the interviews? Uh, yeah, well, they speak the best. I, I mean, I didn't even finish school, so like uh, <laughs> probably not even qualified to speak publicly. Oh, shut up. You speak pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you do good, boy. <laughs> well, I really wanted to talk to you because I... I think you're a really funny, rad person. But B, you also do really amazing things apart from play in Violent Soho. Um, Mainly, you have this amazing photography business now. um, Thanks. Which I'm really excited about. I always sort of start these podcasts with, um, you know, a little snapshot of how you grew up and uh, how you got into music and stuff. And so I'd really like to ask you that and also how you got into photography. So can you tell me about growing up? Did you have artistic visions when you were little? Uh, I was just tripping out about angels and demons most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) I grew up pretty religiously in in the church and stuff. Yeah. Um, Which is cool, but like, I don't think uh, my parents quite knew the extent of the religion of the school that they were sending me to. Like we were in like grade two and we were laying hands and healing people in like grade two. Yeah, most people play with G.I. Joes. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so what do you mean you were healing people? Like literally if someone like stacked it in the playground during the lunch break, we'd heal their sore knee or something. Wow. Yeah. Did it work? Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> you, when you're two, you can be pretty easily convinced. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it doesn't crazy. hurt anymore. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. So was that... Um, 
the Christian Outreach. What was that school? That was Logan Uniting Primary School. Oh, right. I mean, I'm, I'm making it sound terrible. It was an amazing school. I had yeah. an amazing time and made some of lifelong friends from there. You know? Yeah. So it's not bad, but it was just... It was intense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty wild. So your parents were both religious people? Yeah. What kind of... Uh, like uh, Pente- Pentecostal yeah. Christian stuff, like uh, what's now probably most recognized as Hillsong. Yeah. So I always think that that church has a lot of music as part of it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, which was cool. Like, I, like music was the best part of all of that. You know, like I got to play drums in the chapel band at, in primary school and stuff. Yeah, cool. So, um, and then, yeah, like Mikey played drums in the chapel band in high school and Luke played guitar. And yeah. So, you know, it was it, that, that part of it's cool. If you listen to Hillsong it's like this it's a pop structure you know there's yeah, a yeah. verse chorus first chorus bridge chorus yeah outro <laughs> next one <laughs> so you're playing drums yeah well, in primary school yeah cool yeah that was cool do you still play drums now no no i mean <laughs> you know yeah drums are a hard instrument they're to maintain so like there's such a big that's a big thing yeah it's like if you decided to play bass and said i'm gonna play the double bass it's like you're yeah, an idiot so like, what are you doing <laughs> You gotta lug that thing everywhere. No way. But yeah. I would love to play double bass though. But yeah, drums, good, good instrument, good fun, Perf- perfect for a teenager growing yeah. up. You know, yeah. Instead of buying, a, instead of buying a punching bag, get him a drum kit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll be doing for my kid. Yeah. But he'll buy then he'll probably hate music. Like, yeah, he's gonna drums. Gonna dad. be a lawyer. <laughs> drums. That's so 2016. <laughs> Um, so what were you interested in other kinds of pop music back then or were you sort of yeah um, my my mom was my mom my mom and dad were pretty pretty rad with music like because i think like they were like the first sort of out of our out of our family like the the, our full family you know to really move to like that type of christianity Mm -hmm. so um they all like their brothers and sisters and um, their parents and stuff still loved music, you know. So, um, like my mom loved all Woodstock, you know. Oh, cool. So we'd watch that Woodstock docker a bunch yeah. and stuff and listen to The Doors and The Beatles were massive. I had all the Beatles CDs yeah. and stuff. So, like all that stuff. And Pink Floyd. Yeah, yeah. They were sort of the big ones. And Santana. Heaps yeah. of Santana. <laughs> I listened to Heaps of Santana when I was young too. Yeah, well, as a drummer, I mean, the, the drum solo from Woodstock, that's one of the best drum solos ever. Yeah, right. I don't remember that oh, at all. Oh, real drummer goes off and then the um, the guy on the Congos comes in for a bit. There's, they've got two <laughs> different types of Congos players. They've got the big... What are the, what are the little ones called? Oh, they got like another bong- name. Oh, the big ones are Congos. Yeah, and the little the ones, ones Bongos. Bongos. I don't know. Yeah. That's I'm not going to pretend I know. I always say I'm just going to play some bongos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's awesome. They go from the big drummer to, and then all the conga players get in and they all swap the time around. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Yeah, I think, I'm sure I've seen it. I think it's just been a while. Um, I think I was always disappointed because was, wasn't there a thing where Credence weren't on it? Even though they played, yeah, that, yeah, which was which is devastating in my childhood upbringing, you know, because yeah. I totally missed out on Credence, yeah, until I was like eighteen or something, and then I found like a Credence record, and it was like one of those badass covers, you know, the photo, like those big photos of all of them, yeah, yeah, and they just look like the coolest they people are, you've ever yeah. seen, yeah. <laughs> and then you put the record on, and you're like, oh my 
God, this is awesome. They are the coolest people. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, wish I, was on, I wish I was on that tour bus, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I I was obsessed with Credence when I was young. And even now, it's like a good Sunday listening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. Still good. Yeah. Every time. First time. Like, brutal hangover. Just put yeah. Credence on it. Everything's going to be all right. I'm yeah. just, it's not a hangover. I'm just rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just chugling. Yeah. It's all going to be all right. <laughs> Um, okay, so you were you were listening to like um, '60s pop stuff and yep. um, and '70s, uh, and you were playing some drums. Yep. So, what was your introduction to photography? Was that something you were into as a young kid as well? Yeah, yeah, it was my mom again. Like she did when I was like uh, 13 or 14 or something. Um, she bought uh, a film SLR camera and um, and did a photography course. And she was taking all. She was doing like her own prints and stuff, and it was really cool. Like she'd bring, she'd take me out to the park and make me climb a tree or something. I'd be like way too high up in this tree, and she'd take <laughs> a stupid photo of me and then print it out like at, at her course, you know, on the like really cool paper. And oh wow! So I was like, that's awesome. Like, and then um, my sister at that point had. I've got one sister that's older than me. Yeah, she's like six years older than me, so she she was like we we always sort of lived a fair distance from my friends so i'd never really had like friends to just walk down the street and play with yeah like i did at some points but not very long because we always moved house <laughs> <laughs> but um my uh my sister had moved out at that point she got married when she was like 18 and she wow. moved out and um so i was just sort of like we dad had been doing pretty well at that point so we had this like nice house on the hill like but it was like cool i'm up on a hill that no one can get to like Luke Luke's dad tried to drive drive him around to my house one time for a jam yeah. and um his his dad's car conked out halfway up the hill couldn't make it up the hill so that mom had to mom had to drive down and pick him up <laughs> say goodbye to his dad there and come back up the hill <laughs> yeah that sucks yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah we used to jam there but um that was um so I I, I just sort of had this empty space of like no one can come over to my house because i can't make it up the hill and <laughs> and no uh, and uh, i got no one to play with so um mom's mom's camera got left on the bench too many times so i <laughs> bought film and took a camera and started taking photos cool yeah was, so you taught yourself how to use like slr yeah like it was it was like a pretty modern slr so it was pretty easy you could just put it on auto and muck mm. around but yeah, I soon was mucking around with it a fair bit. That's so that awesome. Was, that was good. That was a good thing to do. You, know? you were forced into it because you had nothing else to do. Nothing else to do. <laughs> play play sport or walk around the bush with a camera. <laughs> or walk around the bush with a camera. Yeah, fuck sport. Yeah, sport sucks. <laughs> run. You want me to run with a ball over there? Why? <laughs> uh, I was a bit the same. Yeah. Uh, I was, I'm also really unco, so not good at sport. I'm too yeah. tall to be good at sport. And yeah. I'm too, like, I'm afraid of the ball. Yeah. So I'm bad at basketball. Yeah. yeah. I think cricket's about the only sport I could really get into playing. Because, yeah. like, well, I mean, like, the way it used to be, like, you could s just smash beers and yeah. then just stand in the outfield and nice green. Yeah. Lots of green is so calming. <laughs> yeah. And any any like sport where you can have a beer yeah. is nice yeah i mean look at bernie like what a legend <laughs> that guy was smashing the piss 
and like just being rad, like yeah. getting everyone out, batting well. It was like cool. I get into that, but yeah, I played one season somewhere in Queensland. Why would you oh, put yeah, more clothes on? Yeah, and you got to wear a jumper. You got to wear pads and all this yeah. stuff. I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing this anymore, mum. How <laughs> <laughs> about that drum kit? <laughs> so was your school? Um, so it was really musical, but it was was it really sporty as well? Yeah, yeah, heaps sporty. Yeah. But um, mum was real rad at writing notes, so I got out of everything. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, I never did. I used to sit. I used to buy um, donuts, <laughs> and when there was cross country. And I'd sit at the finish line with like a massive pack of donuts and just eat donuts as my classmates <laughs> ran past. Like, how is that? that? Mean. You look really hot and sweaty. <laughs> Should really try these chocolate donuts. They're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, at what point did you meet the other Violent Soho dudes? I was in you? high school. High school. Year eight. Yeah. 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 You were all from religious schools, right? Yeah. Well, um, I think Mikey had started. He might have already been at that school or he, I can't remember whether he had come from a... I know he originally went to a different primary school, but I'm not sure whether he was there at the same time as yeah. Luke. But Luke was there for the whole time and so was James, like from grade one to yeah, grade right. 12. And so... Um, and was it like an instant, like we want to jam together feeling? Uh, no, not really. But like, well, I think Luke and I, we ended up hanging out and then I was like, I got a drum kit, yeah. play guitar, you know, come around. Do some Nirvana covers or something. Yeah, yeah. And that was sort of where it started. Nirvana covers. With yep. you on the drums. With me on the drums. Rad. There's a cassette tape somewhere. Really? Be <laughs> <laughs> so bad, but it's pretty funny. I've got, I found this cassette tape the other day just on a, a total um stray note. I found this cassette tape the other day with me and my best friend uh, in Germany when we were probably about 10 or 9 or something. And it's just us burping. <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome it's really it's so it's like two girls two nine-year-old girls burping and giggling <laughs> for like 20 minutes that's awesome you should definitely press that <laughs> yeah i think i'll make it like a secret track on something yeah the burpology <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird and i sort of do i remember doing it but not really I got one. I got one. A cassette of me um, just pretending to do like a horse race announcement, like as like a five-year-old or something. Like, <laughs> just like yeah, come up with all these stupid names. It's pretty funny. <laughs> That's you have to be able to think really fast to yeah. do a horse race. Yeah, yeah. I was listening back. I was like, oh, that's not bad. Yeah. yeah. No, no, <laughs> I, I think I would have trouble doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, did you hear what I just did? <laughs> <laughs> so you you started jamming just the two of you yeah then what happened well um i worked out that i could record with mum's um fancy stereo that had a mic input and if i got a connection from this cable to make it into a quarter inch i could plug it in and we could record and so um yeah mikey was playing drums at the chapel and i, I was like he's way better drummer than me <laughs> get him around <laughs> and um i'll record you guys and yeah. so I, yeah we recorded because i was already recording luke's like acoustic songs and stuff yeah because i just yeah fell in love with what he was writing i just thought it was the coolest thing ever you know yeah so i was like oh, i just gotta record it man i gotta put it down it's yeah. awesome and so um yeah we did that and then james heard one of the ones with 
like we we didn't have a bass guitar so <laughs> i had to play this like a like electric guitar fully tuned down you know Great. try and make it sound like a bass guitar <laughs> <laughs> and then um james heard what we recorded and um was like oh let me be in the band it's like i'll play bass and i was like no i'll play bass <laughs> like oh i'll play guitar whatever just let me be in the band and like, yeah sweet he came around in first practice we tried to show him the riff of the song um and he he, he couldn't work it out and he threw his guitar and snapped the neck oh no <laughs> and we we're like awesome he's in the band <laughs> we need a new guitar yeah yeah that was, that was it get a new guitar but that was sick just do, do that on stage or something <laughs> <laughs> and he did i remember he threw it one time and it bounced he thought he was like throwing it like 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 it would be dramatic but not break the guitar you know like he could throw it flat and yeah. it'll just sort of slide and it'll be cool you know whatever he throws it and it bounces and just rocketed straight into his cabinet oh, like no. speared the speaker <laughs> and he's like ah play cool play cool yeah yeah totally meant to do that <laughs> Well, I had um, Kelly Lloyd came to, to do the podcast and she said that she got hit in the head with James's guitar. Oh, yeah, that was a good time. one. That was in Brighton. In yeah. L- yeah, at um, the Great Escape Festival. Just like slow-mo guitar coming yeah. towards her face. I think James... <laughs> I think it did bounce... In James's defence, it did bounce off the roof, I'm pretty sure. Right. I'm pretty sure he pegged it and it hit the roof and then came down and landed... <laughs> Like we're in Brighton, like like <laughs> of all the people to hit, like you yeah. think you'd hit someone you don't know, That's but like Kelly great. Lloyd, like one of your like favorite really bands. little <laughs> in the front. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh my god, dude, you just nearly killed Kelly Lloyd. <laughs> Imagine that story. Oh, oh that would have been awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so you guys are obviously like. Um, destructive straight away <laughs> yeah 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 so at what point did you decide you wanted to like um record together and be like play live and stuff do you remember your first show <laughs> yeah and we played a few house parties at first which was pretty fun like just like other, high school parties. yeah like other kids in our grades parties yeah. and stuff and i threw i remember i threw one got us to play at our house and yeah. stuff that was fun and um i remember the second show luke was trying to like he like threw the mic stand and it um the people's ha- party we were at they had set up like these fluoros in yeah. front of the um stage to light us up like theirs and Luke yeah. smashed one <laughs> it was a complete accident but like they thought he did it on purpose and, oh, uh, no. oh, oh, the man. first of many whoopsies oh man we had we had a <laughs> yeah we weren't popular at first like remember <laughs> this one party we played at and the <laughs> <laughs> in between one of the songs um the uh, this mum or grandma or someone just yells out you're terrible <laughs> <laughs> but didn't did that kind of make you go no we're great like if that person hates it we're the yeah, best we were like, yeah it's time even louder to piss yeah. that lady off <laughs> yeah when <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah then we watched um that dig documentary oh yeah (laughs) we just thought that um brian jonestown massacre was the coolest thing ever yeah and so oh yeah that was when we got banned from the zoo after that oh what happened (laughs) (laughs) sorry jock so many stories yeah (laughs) we love you jock yeah (laughs) i didn't get in the ambulance jock it wasn't me (laughs) christ what happened (laughs) 
It was pretty wild. Yeah. They turned the PA off on us. That was pretty funny. Oh, so what? And we got glassed at the show. Whoa. <laughs> was that your own show? No, no, no. We owed um, this guy a hundred bucks. Oh. Yeah. And he said, this band's pulled out of this show. You got to play. And we're like, oh, all right. And I was like, yeah, and we watched that Dig documentary that day. Oh, no. <laughs> and sorry, yeah, we bought a massive bottle of tequila. Uh, and it was like boiling hot. I don't know how you could get a bottle of tequila so hot. <laughs> but it was like, I think it was sitting on top of the fridge or something. Yeah, right. And it was just so hot. But we were pouring it in our beers. Uh-oh. Yeah. And then, yeah, we got pretty drunk. <laughs> Luke, I remember Luke got mad at the crowd. Someone threw it. No, yeah, that's right. Someone threw a glass and smashed on the drum kit and then um, Luke threw a shoe and it hit the <laughs> hit this chick in the chest and her boyfriend came running over like trying to fight Luke. I poured beer all over his face. <laughs> <laughs> and they turned the PA off and we turned our amps up louder and kept playing. <laughs> and they said we'd never play there ever again. Oh. We're like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> we deserved it. Yeah. Oh, that's nice though. You so you've always had each other's backs right from the start. Like if oh, you yeah. hurt my singer, I'm gonna pour beer on you. Yeah, that's right. That's we're nice. not violent. We're not violent band, as the name suggests. But we're, <laughs> we're actually quite nice guys. You know us pretty well. We're yeah, pretty nice. you're super nice dudes. Yeah, no, we're not violent. No, you're just uh, protective. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, pouring beers like. Yeah, not that's that bad. Not if he just opened his mouth, it wouldn't have been that bad of an experience. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so tell me about like recording your first album. You did that one in Brisbane, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, with uh, well, the first one, like we don't belong here. Yeah, that was kind of uh, half in Brisbane, half in Melbourne. Okay, we recorded half with Bryce Moorhead. Yeah, um, at Zero Interference when he was at Bowen Hills. Yeah, and then um. And then we recorded the other half at Head Head Gap in um, in Melbourne with Sloth and uh, Dean Turner from oh, Magic yeah. Dirt. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was like sort of six, six, five, six songs with yeah. Dean and five with Bryce. Do you know my first band, Sekiden, also recorded our first three things with Bryce? Yeah, I know. Well, you guys were one of the reasons that we did that. You oh. and um, uh, Elay's a scumbag. Yeah. Like, I remember getting the Eat Laser Scumbag EP. Yeah. And we were just like, oh my God, that sounds, sounds so, good. so good. Yeah. Like, we have to record with that guy. Yeah, because Bryce is like the most pedantic man yeah. ever yeah. in recording. Yeah, it's like zero interference, maybe not but on song <laughs> structure, but like everything else. Yeah, I'll edit the shit out of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, right. And then... Is that when you, like after that first album, you just started touring like crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, we toured a lot. Um, yeah, it was cool. And you started getting some international support, so were you mainly getting like Australian? Yeah, support? well, I mean, the first one, I remember Luke pulled us aside at McDonald's and was like, just so you know, we're never doing this. We're never going to be a band. <laughs> we're what? just like, I'm going to uni. <laughs> we're not going to be a band. And we're like, oh, spewing. <laughs> and, um, and then the greats offered us a national tour yeah I'm like dude come on we got to do this and he was like yeah sweet yeah, we'll do the tour and then why did he not want to do it he just oh it's not that career. he didn't want to do it like he loved it like, yeah but he was like doing a serious uni degree yeah and, yeah like you know who thinks that you could possibly sustain being in a band yeah properly true. it's like no yeah. no nah, nah, i need to get my study done yeah <laughs> so fair enough and um 
yeah, he's but, a sensible guy. Yeah, but then we just kept getting booked on tours. And, yeah. Which was like what I was had my fingers crossed for. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, just as long as we make sure Luke has a good time, we can keep going, we'll be sweet. And, Don't you dare annoy Luke. I'll pour beer on your face, man. <laughs> guy's my livelihood. <laughs> so were you, I know that like that Luke writes the songs, but you obviously have like, all of you have like a huge input into the vibe and everything in the band. Yeah, for sure. Um, yep. And I'm sure like in, you know, when you're writing in the studio and stuff, you all do your parts. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I loved, I remember hearing an interview with, with Tidsville um, where he was saying that you're all just like really big fans of Luke. Yeah, that's and right. And that's why you hang out. You know, obviously, you're all like best mates and that you're huge fans of his work. Yeah, that's right. I and mean, I'm the luckiest dude in the world. I get to be in my favorite band. You know? It's so lovely. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever heard anyone else in a band say that. Yeah, right. Like, we're just really big fans of that guy. Yeah, no, he's amazing. He yeah. is amazing. Well, yeah, like I said, when we were kids, when he first played me an acoustic song, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Full on, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like 15. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And I think, yeah, my my first impressions of you guys was always, like, great songs, but mainly, like, you guys just performed your asses off every single show. Yeah, well, like that was it. It was you. like, this guy just needs a band that believes it, you know? Yeah. And then, then it, it will sell itself, you know, because his songs are awesome. Yeah, that's true. And even like, you know, I've seen you guys play a lot. Um, but when you guys were first sort of playing around Brisbane, like even if there were 10 people in the audience, you would still put on exactly the same show yeah, well, it's, yeah you do yeah. now. It's so rad. Yeah, it's just like I said, I'm just in my favourite band. So I'm just that's having so the time nice. of my life when that when I get to turn my amp up and yeah play those songs it's yeah it's an absolute privilege so great so tell me about um moving to the u.s to do touring there and stuff yeah that was pretty crazy it sort of was like a three-month period so like we got signed to a management company and then they just went out and hustled like rounded up all these people interested and one of them happened to be first and more like like That's first so and more is interested in signing your band we're going to do a run of showcase <laughs> what <laughs> yeah so you're going to, uh, on this tour and you're going to england and america and you're going to play for first and more in new york so crazy and we're like, oh my god all right <laughs> so i remember ha- i remember jazz and i having this massive garage sale <laughs> just selling all of our shit and then um went to new york and played for first and more like, yeah he just walked straight in the room Walked straight up in front of James and started headbanging. I'm like, what the? F-? <laughs> yeah. And then um, afterwards he comes up and he's talking to us. And he's like, please let me sign your band. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And then we had to fly to LA to do like another bunch of showcases. And um, it's a dude from America Records. Oh, um, um, Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. Yeah. Rick Rubin goes, oh, the guy from America Records is like, come and do a showcase for me in Malibu for Rick Rubin. okay okay. so we drive out to malibu and it's in this massive like um like like someone like the tivoli or something but with all seats like fully seated and like the whole venue is acoustically treated like all the seats are so that it sounds exactly the same empty as it does full wow and uh, it's where weezer recorded one of their albums right right and um so yeah we like up on the stage and like someone comes in they're like oh he's coming he's coming get ready like okay (laughs) and there's like two people just walk in rick rubin's one of them and like one other person with him and they sit in the middle of the room like okay go 
<laughs> and then I'm like, holy shit, played like four, we played like two songs and he's like, yeah, play a couple more. I'm like, all right, and played like two more and he's like, okay, that's, that's cool. Come down and meet me and like talking to Rick Rubin. That's and he's so like, crazy. oh, my favorite records are like Nick Cave and Bad Seeds and um, ACDC. And you're like, oh my God, this is so crazy. <laughs> and he's wearing Crocs. <laughs> it's pretty wild. That's so weird. So you're just playing to two dudes. And one of them's Rick Rubin. Yeah, in this like massive room. Like must have been like two or three thousand seater. Wow. You know. It's insane. So and like weird. the best catering you've ever seen. What did like, you you get? could order smoothies and stuff. <laughs> it's wild. Like smoothie before that. you before you perform is never a great idea though. No. <laughs> it's you feel like, a bit Yeah, you get stitched up pretty yeah. quick. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever vomited on stage? Um Mikey has. Has I he? don't think I have. No, I remember Mikey, it was like New Year's at the SB. We're playing, oh. um, I think we're playing with King Gizzard. And um, yeah, mid-set, Mikey's just like, excuse me, go get a spew. I'm like, oh, we're just going to have a spew intermission. Everyone just chill for a minute. Mikey's just having a spew. We'll be back. <laughs> if you feel like spewing, now's the time to do it. <laughs> Mikey comes back and like, right, eh? But yeah, spewing, spewing in a show is actually awesome. Have you ever yeah, heard I've the band it. Piss Jeans? You've done it? You've... I've done it, yeah. Oh, but wow. But I actually had food poisoning. Oh, so it was brutal. Pretty, pretty rough. That's brutal. The first show we ever saw in, when we got to America after signing with Thurston Moore, yeah. we went and saw Piss Jeans at, um, in Brooklyn. And, um, and the dude, the drummer, like mid-set, just leans over the front of his drum kit and just spews all over the kick drum, like the front of the kick drum. <laughs> like just layered it and spew. And then just sat back down and kept blasting wow. away. And yeah, it was psycho. So that was like our introduction to like a, lo- a local show in Brooklyn. <laughs> We're like, whoa. Do you, you're probably a bit young for this, but back in the day, there's this band called the Lamos. Lamos. Um, I think I was. Mi- I I met one of the dudes from Lamos yeah, the other night. Mitchell Scott, who now plays in Cut Copy. Yeah, that's um, right. Adam's brother, and they were this like amazing punk band that we used to see um, play at the railway and stuff back in the Gabba Hotel back in the day. And um, Mitchell was once he played lead guitar and he had really long hair, and he was like leaning backwards over his amp once in the middle of a guitar solo, leaned over the back of his amp, did a spew, didn't stop soloing. Yeah. Pet finishes solo. <laughs> We're all like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. So gross. That's that's pure rock and roll right there. Yeah. You can't great. you can't fake that. No. It doesn't matter how good your backing track sounds. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been that rock and roll. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, so US. You guys you guys went to live in the US for a while. Yeah, yeah. So we ended up signing the first and more, of course. That's so cool. Yeah, so we were on Ecstatic Peace Records, which was awesome. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was just wild. We moved into a four-bedroom apartment in Brooklyn. Yeah. So you were living together. We are all living together with our girlfriends. With your girlfriends slash wives. We are eventually wives. Yeah. Girlfriends at the time. Yeah, and it was just insane. And our manager was there as well. So I think there was like nine... Nine of us in this four-bedroom apartment. That's amazing. Yeah, it was brutal. Like the <laughs> apartment. Remember, James had this room that didn't have a window. Yeah. And um, the central heating pipe like came straight into his room. <laughs> so, <laughs> like in summer, it was brutally hot, and then in winter, it literally spewed steam into his room like a thick 
fume of street of steam just pumping in and so it'd be pouring with snow outside and james would get up mid like midnight and like squeegee his chest off you know like <laughs> wash all the sweat and then walk up in his in his boxes to the roof because we were fourth floor so he'd walk up onto the yeah. roof in the snow blistered snow stand there for like five minutes and then walk back down oh, into his man. sauna <laughs> It was like a smoke machine in there. Oh, it was insane. Yeah, if you if you had a sweet disco ball or something with a light, you could have fully <laughs> partied. Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it was crazy. But, yeah. And was that when the greats were living over there as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember we had a party there. I think the greats were probably there. Yeah. And um, our manager was, like, asleep in the lounge room. That was his room. Yeah. But we had just had the party there anyway. <laughs> so everyone's, like, fully dancing, like, nightclub-style <laughs> dancing with the music cranked. And our manager's just in his bed, like, in his mattress, like, asleep. <laughs> we're dancing around him. <laughs> I remember, I was like, I was getting a, lots of emails from patients during that time and it all sounded so crazy and i remember her t- talking a lot about bed bugs but i can't remember if it was you guys or if it was them that had bed bugs yeah we had bed bugs sucked. yeah it sucked yeah but james's chick heather um kept one as a pet <laughs> yeah she used to let it eat off her skin like no. like every day she had this little jar and she'd like take the lid off and then put the jar like over her skin and the bed bug Just would to keep go it alive yeah get bed bug would go on her skin and like eat and then she'd... But then, wouldn't they get really itchy? Yeah, you have like proper bites and Ew. shit. It's nasty. Luke got nailed on tour one time. <laughs> like brutally nailed. Like, like oh, I've never seen him so angry in my life. <laughs> Down abusing the hotel staff. Oh, just no. like, look at me! <laughs> <laughs> he just absolutely slammed. Just covered head to toe in bites. Oh, yucky. Yeah, it was so gross. So did you fi- did you find that time really difficult, or did you you were sort of having a really fun time? I was having a really fun time, but yeah, no, I did find it pretty difficult to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't know, uh, like being in a van for ten months yeah. is, is trying, you know, for yeah. any, anyone, you know, I've especially done it for when, four months and it sucked. Yeah, yeah, like we I mean we had breaks and stuff, but like yeah. we were away from home, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, we're in this strange country no idea what the hell is going on yeah like because we like i said it just sort of happened in a three-month period like yeah. going from this local brisbane band playing at fat louis getting yeah. wasted to like i oh, signed a major deal um with thurston moore's label which is backed by universal motown so yeah. move hurry and yeah. go take over america like what yeah that's really crazy <laughs> you guys been to fat louis <laughs> <laughs> And so, what were you just doing, like, supports in the States? Yeah, we did, like, our own headline tours as well. But we, yeah. like, supported bands. Like, um, we did a massive, like, 30-date 30, 30 tour with um, the Bronx. Yeah. Which was, like, an absolute dream. Yeah. But that was at, like, the end of the sort of thing. And that was probably one of the reasons why we ended up getting dropped. Because oh. they wanted us to do, like, all these massive radio tours and stuff. Yeah. So, we did, like, 30 Seconds to Mars wow. and stuff. But, like, we just kept pushing like the alternative music yeah. scene to them like the guy that originally from universal motown uh, andrew cromfeld which was like the first guy that like really paid attention to us and understood the band like he came from like he was the guy that sort of tied in ecstatic piece thurston moore's record label to universal motown yeah like he came from that world yeah so like his vision for the band was for us to tour college towns and stuff you know 
and uh, build the band properly. Yeah. Uh, and then he got a massive promotion to take care of like Universal International. Okay. And then the next guy that came along um, was like from a sales background. Like he came from oh, like right. the big um, uh, CD store chain. Like it would be like the general manager for JB Hi-Fi taking over Universal Weird. Uh, Motown. Yeah. <laughs> and so he, he was like, we literally did like in stores at like record store, like um, like big chain, like a JB Hi-Fi or a Harvey Norman or something. So we weird. did like in stores there and they're like, can you um, like turn it down a bit? And yeah, we're like having right. to use like in store equipment and stuff. <laughs> what are we doing here, yeah. man? And then, um, yeah, so, but then we did 30 Seconds to Mars and stuff, which was a trip, like hanging out with Jared Leto. I bet. That was crazy. But we also like got to tour with um, Dinosaur Jr., on That's the farm amazing. tour what? so we did like 10 shows on the farm tour and That's that was just so like, cool that was the coolest thing ever and um built to spill as well yeah uh, which was amazing and they yeah. had this sick band supporting them called disco doom i've never heard of them they're unreal like sort of like dinosaur junior but yeah. Uh, yeah i just remember he had like the greatest guitar sound ever yeah yeah he had this orange amp but like with like a power soak in it so yeah, it's just right. his amp was just like cranked and it's just the most creamiest distortion you've yeah. ever heard but yeah i, I always think doug march has pretty amazing guitar sound too right yeah so what yeah. the hell are we doing on that tour <laughs> 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 um yeah right so you that's those are pretty insane supports to get yeah that was wild yeah i was definitely having a good time then so then what happened after that um well yeah just like they kept pushing the retail side of things and playing like doing radios and all the radio festivals and I remember one time we had to play this like after football game after party Weird. in like florida or somewhere yeah and it was like so hot like thick smog with like humidity and now uh, we were we were supporting a corn covers band <laughs> <laughs> Which I was pretty excited about. Yeah. Like, this is going to be pretty fun. Watch Corn <laughs> Covers Band. And they were amazing. Like that fan set up and the dude had his hair done like Flea, the bass player and everything. It was, yeah. it was a full show. <laughs> but yeah. And um, and then, yeah, after the show, we, like this guy said that um, he'd hook us up. And so we're waiting around and our tour, tour manager's like, um, we got, we got to go. We got a 10 hour drive to the next show. We've got to go. We've got to leave now. I'm like, no, nah, man, look, 10 minutes. This guy's coming. Just hang. He waits like five minutes. And then he's like, no, nah, we've got to go. And it was so hot that I had like taken my shoes off and was sitting down outside the van. And he's like, I'm leaving. We're going now. I'm like, no, dude, just wait. And he starts driving off. So I literally, literally had to just run to the car because he's leaving me. And I know the guy. I've been on tour with him for a while. Yeah. So like, he's not stuffing for me. Like, oh I'm going to like have to like hitchhike to the next town oh or something. God. So I leg it and like jump in between the van and the trailer. And like, I'm like surfing the trailer, <laughs> like open the back door and get in the van, shut the door and realize that my shoes are back there. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I had to play this festival, this massive like, radio festival where it was a football field and the two stages are set up either side of the field and um, we're playing after Hole. So Hole's playing on the other side of the field and then they finish and then we start. And I don't have any shoes. (laughs) I've just got socks on because I'm like, I'm not really a foot person. I can't really just 
go like full no, hippie. Me either. I can't do the no. naked foot thing. It's not me either. Not me. So <laughs> I'm like slipping on stage and stuff, you know, like but I just remember it was the best best memory, like the whole finish and, and then we have to start like straight away. And James just goes, Thanks, Courtney. We'll take we'll take it from here. <laughs> Yeah, and we set up next to the merch stand and I had a homeless sign. <laughs> just like doing, being stupid, like taking video, you know. And um, this guy comes up to me and he gives me a $20 note. And Aww. I'm like, oh, no, nah, dude, like I'm just I'm just, just, I'm just joking, man. And he's like, no. And he grabs me. It's like real proper American guy, you know. And he grabs me and he like, hugs me and he's like, I want you to have that. And I'm like, Aww. thank you, man. That's real nice. Thank you, man. And yeah, so sweet. I got 20 bucks. And then we... um. <laughs> We went to like this crazy theme park that night. Our tour manager took us there. Yeah. And um, I so I still had no shoes, but we we're at this theme park, <laughs> and I went go kart racing, and like got in the go karts at the starting line, and this Mexican guy walks up to me and he's like, "You ain't got no shoes." <laughs> like, nah, man. He's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> walks up. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, awesome. <laughs> no, like I feel like in Australia you wouldn't be let into lots of places nah. without shoes. But that was just cool. It was As like, yeah, whatever. That's so great. <laughs> at least you wore socks. <laughs> <laughs> so at what point did you come home? Where were you at? Uh, I was there. So we'd been touring for about 10 months or whatever. And we came back to um, play Home Bake. Yep. Which was unreal. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was a real crazy trip. But like we flew straight from LA like to someone's house and changed our socks and wow. went and played the festival. Um, and were you still signed to Ecstatic Peace? It was like unsure like what was happening at yeah. that time. It was sort of like the end of the album and um, they went through like a massive restructure of yeah. the label and everything. Yeah. Um, so a lot of, I think a bunch of bands got dropped and stuff. Yeah. Um, but we were pretty burnt out by that point anyway. Like yeah. we went back for like another couple of months touring and then, yeah, it was pretty much done. Well, like, you know, what actually happened was um, we were meant to, we were on the 30 Seconds to Mars tour. Yeah. And we were meant to get um, back to, we were doing that tour to get us back to LA. Like it sort of paid our way to get back there. And then in LA, we were going to do a whole bunch of tours down that coast and like our like a story of shows a bunch of shows of our own mm. and we were so excited because we we're going to play with this um band that we had found out about while we were over there called um best kisses mm. have you ever heard of them no like this amazing pop punk sort of band but like yeah really yeah, awesome cool. like early early 90s i think or late 80s yeah but yeah really awesome and they were going to like get back together and play oh. this show with us and then anyways 30 seconds to mars blow up like yeah. on that tour <laughs> And they've got to go to like the Grammys or something. Oh my gosh. And like perform at the Grammys. And so they canned the tour like halfway through. Ah. Oh. And so um, we were sort of like stranded back in New York. And um, we were just like, oh, well, let's just go home. Yeah. <laughs> we had enough. We're done. Yeah. Done with these bed bugs. Yeah. Yeah. No more bed bugs. So <laughs> more yeah, we pet went. Bed bugs. <laughs> yeah. So we went home and had to like, yeah rework out our entire lives <laughs> yeah so what were you doing what did you decide to just like record straight away again or you you sort of had to like rejig yeah we sort of what? had to work out what we were doing like we didn't yeah. even know whether we were still going to be a band you know because we we were just out of money yeah 
out of energy and and like living back with our parents. Yeah. So it's like pretty depressing. Yeah, yeah. Not living with your parents, so my parents are rad. But <laughs> <laughs> Still. <laughs> so what? How, how long did it take for you to reassess? I think it took us maybe like six or eight months or something. Yeah. And then, yeah, then we ended up doing, we ended up getting signed to um, Unified. Yeah. They, they came and took over and I got assigned to IAU. Yeah. And we put out a seven inch. And like we were sort of like the testing that. grounds to see if we, you know, if there was anything still there. Yeah. And yeah. And there was. Yeah. We had a really good time. <laughs> <laughs> and do you remember the, the moment where you were like, okay, we're blowing up in Australia? Yeah. I think it was, um, it was either Falls Festival. I think it was Falls Festival, or Big Day Out, one of the two. Yeah. Was, I think they were both quite close together. But, um, yeah, I just remember we were playing at like 12 o'clock or something in the day. Yeah. And we're like, oh, no one's coming to see us. Who cares? Like, yeah. whatever. And we got up on stage and the whole tent packed out and everyone sung all the words. And we're like, holy, that was, <laughs> that's pretty, that, did you guys see, see that? That was crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, so that was, and then the rest of the tour was like that. And then all the shows just after that just kept being more like that. Yeah. Which was, yeah, it was kind of a trip out it's so lovely yeah i mean i say lovely because i've always felt like um this kind of strange older sister thing (laughs) where um you know like i and i've i've seen you guys play to to no one and you're still like amazing and then i've seen you guys play now to fucking huge audiences and i get this real like little warm feeling in my heart like a real feeling of pride for my little brothers yeah that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah it's kind of funny that way like it's it's cool like we just i think we just think it's cool because we're just like any other brisbane band like yeah. that, from the scene that we came from you know yeah. and so it's like well if we can do it why don't you go book those venues you know yeah. like there's so many bands when we were getting started that I was just like, you guys just have to tour. Just go and tour. Yeah. And they just didn't. Yeah. It was like depressing. It's like you're writing the best music in the world. like. Yeah. yeah. But I guess not everyone can sort of step away from their lives to do it. Yeah. You know, not everyone has has the opportunity or has like supportive partners. Or yeah, have, exactly. You know, like There's I so many factors yeah, involved. Or like even just the dynamics of a band is, yeah. is a whole other thing. Yeah, like can you be on tour for 10 months straight yeah, with exactly. that person? Yeah. It's so hard to know yeah, until you do it. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> we're very lucky that we're in a band where we're in the band with some of our best mates. Yeah, and, and all the stars aligned. Everyone, yeah. Yeah, yeah we were real lucky that in. way. Yeah, we definitely don't take that for granted. Yeah, I think it is really unusual for that to happen. There's not many bands I know that can spend that much time together and still get along. Yeah, yeah, no, it's pretty rad. Like a uh, weird family. Yeah, (laughs) I kind of, I mean, I've always played in really like family-esque bands. You know, my first band was with my my brother and my partner and that was like super close quarters. Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty Um, tight. (laughs) But, you know, like we, we had problems and stuff. I think that's like goes without saying. There's yeah, always going to be issues. But, you know, we're also like the closest band ever. Yeah. Um, and then Regurgitator has a very family vibe as well. Yeah, I think there's like, there's something in the music in that. Like you, you can hear that in those, yeah. like those types of bands, you know? Yeah, totally. It's like a tightness that just is 
not even you can't count it with the music you know yeah i think so too it's just something else there you know and i think maybe when you know that people can't stand each other it's a weird vibe in the music yeah like maybe just knowing that subconsciously you subconsciously project that onto the music but totally um you know like hearing stories about like joe mascus and and lou barlow hating each other back in the day that like now when i listen to those records i'm like oh it sounds like they hate each other but it doesn't you yeah. just know that <laughs> yeah that's right but maybe it does i don't know i don't know but There's then it's attention. kind of then it's kind of awesome as well because then you like watch jay and he's wailing with his million amps and then yeah. you look over and lou's got his just as many million yeah. amps wailing just as loud like yeah i can keep up yeah. just as loud as you man whatever and murph's like come on guys play yeah, nice everyone <laughs> just get on it's gonna be all right yeah <laughs> Merce a legend. I remember I've the first time I met, met him, him was like a snow blizzard and he's in shorts and a singlet. Wow. I'm like in like 17 coats, you know, and he's just chilling. He's like, hey, I'm Murph. I'm like, oh, like, wow, aren't you like freezing? How are you moving right now? <laughs> what's, um, what's the biggest hero that you've met because you've toured with them or, or met them through band stuff? Uh, probably um, the singer from Mike Pike, from the singer from High on Fire. Like yeah, right. asbestos death and sleep and you know he's wow he's probably that's my pretty favorite. left field hero <laughs> <laughs> he's just amazing like someone wrote some of my favorite music and yeah he was super cool when i met him yeah just as rock and roll as i'd hoped he'd be <laughs> <laughs> i love your band man he's like right on <laughs> yeah, <sick. laughs> that's so nice yeah let's talk about photography tell me what kind of stuff you're working on at the moment I just worked out, which is highly top secret, so don't tell anyone. <laughs> don't tell anyone. <laughs> I just worked out last night how to develop um, photos with beer. What? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. What do they look like? <laughs> they look like photos. Oh. I'll, se- I'll send you some. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you mean? Purely beer or other chemicals first? Uh, no chemicals. We just uh, secret recipe. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah it's um it's it's pretty simple really it's just like vitamin c and bicarb soda oh but um and beer and beer oh, yeah wow so pretty excited about that <laughs> um so funny yeah so, <laughs> so i'm hoping yeah. to do a collaboration with stone award if you're listening stone award <laughs> yeah well you've already done a collaboration with yeah i was him. pretty stoked the first so the first one i tried it out with was a violent soho stone award nice. beer east coast crusher i was like oh yeah <laughs> I've got this mint photo of James on his barbecue, like next to his barbecue with his garden hat on. Yeah. That's the best. That's the first ever photo developed with stone and wood beer. That's so great. <laughs> you should totally do a collaboration. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have a dark room at home? No, with most um, most 35mm and medium format stuff, um, you don't really need a dark room unless okay. you're doing um, prints and stuff. Yeah. I'm not doing prints at the moment. I'm just developing the film oh, okay. and scanning it and yeah. getting it printed other places. Um, so, yeah, I just use a dark bag to put all put my film in the okay. developing canist- canisters and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I remember doing that in yeah. high school. Yeah, it's... I'm so stoked that it's not summer anymore. Cause was that tough in summer? So hot. It's like putting plastic bag over your arms oh, and then yeah. all the film starts sticking together. Yeah. It's not fun. Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the other night when we were talking, you were saying that you'd just been working on loads of projects and 
you're starting to get a lot more jobs doing like you know portrait stuff or band photos yeah no it's um, been great tell I, me a bit about that well i got to take photos of tim rogers recently which is like a absolute treat like he's you know a hero obviously yeah an amazing songwriter and performer and yeah so he's got a book that he's just released and um new album yeah and i got to do photos for both so like so some for, that'll be used for the artwork for the album and yay maybe some that'll be used for the artwork for the book so yeah that was rad and just even getting to hang out with him was yeah. amazing you know <laughs> yeah like, yeah he's such a legend but um that's awesome yeah so that was cool and i didn't sh- i shot husky the other week melbourne um band yeah uh, yeah a bunch of bands it's been amazing yeah writers as well i started shooting writers which has been really cool for what like what for publications or for their press shots or yeah press shots yeah cool. that's, that's mainly what i've been doing is press shots for yeah yeah, like, yeah using to advertise their their bands or the yeah the writers and stuff so. that's awesome yeah it's been so much fun so you're starting to actually like be able to sort of have a business a photography business yeah yeah i guess so yeah, yeah. and it's called called luke henry <laughs> wait don't you have like a? I did have a glass size photography yeah. one but then i realized like you have to register all the business oh, names right. and all yeah. that stuff and, I was and like, you already have a luke henry abn yeah yeah, yeah so i was like let's <laughs> just go with that one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's way easier yeah yeah <laughs> um well we've had we've taken some photos together which was super fun yeah even though i had to stare into the fucking sun for a couple of hours yeah for one of them yeah the one in the flower bed yeah 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 sorry about that (laughs) (laughs) but it was still funny because you were you would do like countdowns like three two one open your eyes and then you'd be like oh i fucked it sorry i did did that for um patty McHugh the other day so you're not the only one okay good yeah yeah yeah. he got blinded as well poor bloke It's like fire every time I open my eyes. <laughs> just got to get one, man. Just yeah, one. Just one. <laughs> you probably got like a million of me with my eyes half closed. Yeah, but the one we did get, I was stoked with. I love that photo. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also did a photo of me eating a burger. Yeah, that's what, right. What's happening with that project? Yeah, yeah, no, that one sort of fell by the wayside. <laughs> I was like the one where I like you know when you smoke a little too much and you all the ideas come out and you just think you can pull them all off yeah in one go i still would like to do that one again but i have probably have to shoot it all again yeah. the burger buddy you know so everyone's favorite burgers yeah i, got, I was st- it was, was pretty rad though like i should yeah. just put out the ones that i did because i think i got uh you and um jeff corbett jeff corbett and um maca from <laughs> cosmic psychos yeah. and the onions so yeah I can three will do. Yeah, three will do. <laughs> yeah. I love the Jeff Corbett one. Yeah, that was same. amazing. Yeah, yeah, his uh, and his his quote was pretty rad as well. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember looking at that photo you took of me eating a burger. So it's basically like a the first bite of your favorite burger. That was the theme. Mm, that's and right. And mine yeah. was the veggie burger at Southside Tea Room. That's right. Yep. And I remember seeing that photo and realizing for the first time in my life. That I hold the burger with my little finger right. under the burger. Yeah, no, I remember pointing it out and being like, that's so cool you do that. And you're like, do what? <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah. I never realized I had zero self-realization about how I eat a burger. It's, it's a fantastic technique, really. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've adopted it. Like, oh, good. It's a really good hold, like, especially if you've got the napkin around the base of yeah. the... Like, you can really keep it nice and snug in there. You can it's teach good. your kids. Yeah. It's the Sayer method of yeah, eating a burger. Yeah, the Slayer. Oh, the Slayer. The, <laughs> the, 
The Slayer Pinky Hole Burger. Let's burger. call it the Slayer Pinky Hole. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that's way cooler. That does sound pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think you'll do like a photography book or something? Do you have any plans to do your own? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I shot like um, so the last like two years. Like, I remember when the band um, started to do well enough that I didn't have to work a proper job. Yeah. I remember my manager calling me and being like, oh, we can start paying you guys some money. And I was like, oh, cool. I was like thinking, you know, like a hundred bucks a week extra yeah. or something. Yeah, cool. Something I can buy some beers with or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, we can put you on minimum wage. I was like, oh my God. I nearly cried because I was like <laughs> working this job that I wasn't enjoying, you know. And um, and then, yeah, so when I was able to do that, it freed me up with a bit of time, you know. So I was like, I can have another crack at photography because I used yeah. to do it before the band got popular. I worked for newspapers. And, yeah, that's right. And um, and then, yeah, I had to give it up when the band got busy. But yeah, so it was like, gave me this opportunity again to have a bit of free time where I could have another crack at doing what I love to do, you know, yeah. it's photography. And yeah, it just slowly got busier and busier, which is pretty awesome. And, yeah. But the last, um, the last like two years of, I got back into shooting film like I would I originally started on, which was sort of like a, you know, because I'm self-taught and everything. It was like a move to like sort of make an investment into what I was doing, you know. Yeah. It was like, well, if I invest and I buy this special film and I buy this camera that and I have to get it right because if I don't, I've just spent this money and I don't have a lot of money. So yeah. if I spend this money and don't get it right and get nothing out of it, then it's, it's going to be very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. So it's like really made me focus and um, think about what I was doing and why I was doing it. Like motivation was a, was a big factor as well. Yeah. You know, like why I can't just go and take photos. Like what is my motivation? What am I doing? And so, um, yeah, but I, I got this, I fell in love with German Russian cameras and, um, I bought this one camera called a Pentacon 6, which is um, like a medium format, square f format, 6x6 six six, um, camera. Um, but it has these beautiful German lenses on it, the Carl Zeiss lenses. And um, I took that to America with us when we did our North America tour. Mm. And I shot a whole bunch of stuff through America on that and, um, and another camera as well. And I was hoping to maybe do a book of that but then I was like I thought I might just do a time period you know yeah. so just say it's like from 2015 to 2017 and just do all the photos that I've done because I've yeah. done some pretty fun portraits of some cool bands and stuff like DZ Death Rays and June Rats and so um mates. yeah all my mates and stuff so I was like could be more of a you know a diary of mine you know than, yeah, than that sounds great. But I don't know. I'm still working through ideas. But it would what be about cool. doing an exhibition? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would like to do one. Um, but yeah, it's just costs a lot of money to it frame does. stuff up. It does. <laughs> <laughs> you could do like a like a fundraiser to frame your prints. Yeah, and then you could like get a small one or something. Yeah, um. maybe. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking like a slideshow <laughs> at my in my lounge room or something. Hey, Perfect. everyone, come around. I, I got come. some photos to have yeah, a look. Yeah, come over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's cool. So you got heaps of things sort of in on the back burner. Yeah. Um, yep. And that's awesome that you, you get to do both the things that you love. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Pretty How lucky are you? Very fortunate. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah, no, it's been really amazing. So um, my last question and the question I ask everyone 
tell me your worst slash weirdest show story or just the weirdest thing that's happened to you because you play music or take photos. Okay. <laughs> There's definitely a few. <laughs> I think we've heard a few already. Yeah. But. I'll tell you one when we were on tour with um, 30 Seconds to Mars. Yeah. That was a bit of a weird situation to be in. Um, that sounds weird already. Yeah, right. Jared Leto and <laughs> yeah. stuff. It's crazy. But um, <laughs> his, their crew, we got along really well with the 30 Seconds to Mars crew. Yeah. So they'd always get us back on their bus after the show and we drink beers with them and hang out. So they had two massive touring buses. So they had a crew bus? Yeah, and it was insane. Like the um, they had roped section like roped walkway around both buses because they'd have about two or three hundred kids um like well not just kids but like mega fans standing outside the buses pretty much at all times and they like hung sheets of like message like with messages on them and stuff outside like happy birthday tomo or whatever (laughs) like all these crazy messages and um it was like touring with like um the grateful dead or something you yeah, know they wow. had full-on groupies yeah and not in a dodgy sense but like you know just, just like, like people fans. that just love them yeah and um and so we'd hang we'd be hanging out on the um the t- the work the b- cruise bus sorry and uh, i remember sitting there and we're jammed in at the back of the bus it's like a like sort of like a u seat you know a big bench seat that's in the shape of you and yeah everyone was crammed in so much that like you just sort of had to squish down in between someone and your, your legs were jammed together they right. couldn't move them <laughs> and um so we're partying and then and their tour manager came running in thinking he'd be a hero or whatever he's quite a big guy and he like stage dived at us <laughs> and so i tried to catch him and he like bent my arm oh, like no. over my knee Shit. and so my wrist was like like swelled up like crazy and <laughs> oh um, yeah so then like i i had to like bandage up my wrist so I had this bandaged arm and then um jared leto comes uh into our bus and he's uh, our van and he's like hey you guys can you guys come and do some filming with me like filming this movie you come and film some stuff and we're like yeah all right cool and he's like i just want james and we're like all right we'll just come and watch and he's like okay and so i'm standing there like with this swollen wrist in a bandage like at like two in the morning and um jared leto's putting a gimp mask on james's face (laughs) in the middle of the street (laughs) i'm like what the hell what are we doing here like how does that even happen? <laughs> well, what did he have to do in the gimp mask? He like made him run around corners <laughs> and like stand there and stuff. And it was, uh, yeah, it was like a leather gimp mask. And like, he, it was quite hot. He made him wear this leather jacket as well. <laughs> and um, yeah, James, I remember James taking the um, mask off and the like sweat was like pulled up inside yeah. the gimp mask. And he was just like poured it out <laughs> like a cup of water. <laughs> It's like, oh, that's Yuck. disgusting. And all his hands are all like shriveled up and stuff. It was like three in the morning or something. And yeah, I was like, man, when do you ever think, okay, today I'm going to wake up, nearly break my arm. And then Jared Leto is going to what get James to run around in a gimp mask. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, that's, that's pretty amazing. That's a great story. <laughs> Hey, thank you so much for talking to me, Luke. Thanks for having me, Sam.